later on this episode. I was taught that discipline is the biggest form of self-love, you know, at Michigan State. And what I mean by that is um, if you're willing to be disciplined, you're willing to get up early, do the hard stuff. Nothing shows that you want better for yourself more than than pushing yourself through those adverse moments or, or persevering through difficult times. So welcome to another episode of At The Podium with Manuel Mesqua. I am super amped up. This is a huge weekend in the state of Michigan, the great state of Michigan. As most of you know, there's this tremendous rivalry that's just been penting up with like uh, aggressive uh, uh, frustration and competitiveness and uh, between two organizations, Michigan State University and the University of Michigan, uh, both teams coming into this weekend, seven and zero. And so today I invited a good friend onto the show, uh, Keith Nickel. And Keith is a wealth advisor to business leaders, entertainers, and professional athletes. He's a household name here in the Midwest. And Keith, it's so good to have you on the show today. I appreciate you guys having me. Awesome. So look, as you know, our head of production, Chad Miles, was standing on a table at a Buffalo Wild Wings on October 22nd of 2011 for a very specific reason. And so we're going to play that. A very deep defensive set for the Badgers. I said, Three safeties go back inside the 10-yard line. I said Nick Toon, but they put Jared Aberderis back there instead. Three-man rush. Cousins. On the last play of regulation, chucks it to the end zone. Caught. Michigan State's caught it on a rebound. Tuck. Hold on. It is just short of the end zone. Instant replay. We'll take a look at this. The Spartans caught the ricochet. After further review, the runner did cross the line. Touchdown, Michigan State. With a miracle ending. Great moments and memories, man. That was, uh, you know, a better athlete would have uh, gotten across the goal line with no issue. There would have never been a review. <laughs> you did. You did cross it with no issue. It was obviously overruled because it was indisputable. Yeah, right. Just hey, man. To confirm the call. That's all. Seriously, you know, nearly, nearly exactly 10-year anniversary of that day and that moment. And I'll tell you, I just have always thought ever since Samantha and I moved here in 2017, I'm like, how crazy is it? One moment in time can have such a dramatic impact on thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people. And that one catch and that one moment against the number six Wisconsin Badgers with three seconds left in the game, pass from Kirk Cousins, uh, gave you the share of the Big Ten Championship that year. Is that not correct? That's it. That's exactly correct. Can't yeah, how special? Yeah, it's special. You know, um, it's interesting the comment you made about impacting so many lives. Uh, well, impacted mine too. And you know, as an athlete, you prepare every day and you always envision and dream of uh, special moments and winning a game, a big game, whatever it might be. And um, you prepare for those moments in your mind. So you expect them to happen in a lot of ways. But what you can't prepare for yourself for is the impact it makes on other people and the impact it'll make on yourself for, you know, this is 10 years, like you said. And uh, we're still talking about it. So very fortunate to be on the receiving end and uh, to make it happen. 
Yeah, I love it. It, It's just such a special story, right? And so I get to Michigan and, you know, we're we're in a similar industry and and people keep mentioning your name and they're like, oh, you know, the the catch, the catch, the catch. And coming from Chicago, you know, I'm just a little bit ignorant uh, to a lot of the great traditions in Michigan, at least at that time I was. Talk to us about the transition from, I think it was Oklahoma, right? Oklahoma to Michigan State. Well, how did you, you know, that's got to be a tough decision, but you made the decision and I've heard you say no regrets, greatest decision you made in your life. But what happened that, uh, that, that was a decision that needed to be made and talk to me about the impact of your time at Michigan state since then. Yeah. Uh, so I'm from the Grand Rapids area, West side of the state and was recruited out of high school as a, a five-star all American, all those things um, that come with some success. We had a lot of success in, the, in high school. I go to Oklahoma. Um, out of high school, uh, and at the time, and they still kind of are in a lot of ways, they're pumping a ton of talent into the NFL uh, in a way that maybe like Alabama is doing right now. You go to Oklahoma and you start, you achieve play at the next level. And so that was what I wanted to do and uh, play at the highest level, which they were doing. And that's when Adrian Peterson and those guys were there, and, and they're getting to leave. So I go to Oklahoma. Uh, played as a true freshman, was in a quarterback battle with a guy named Sam Bradford. You know, he goes on to be a Heisman Trophy winner and number one overall pick. He was a great fit for their offense and, and you know, reflecting on it. Uh, now we're in the same grade. And he, you know, I'm not going to sit around and wait for a guy to get hurt because he was a redshirt freshman. I was a true freshman. We both had played in that battle. So, um, you know, I said, listen, I'm from West Michigan. I want to be with my family. I grew up in Michigan State Spartan and Mom went there, cousins, had Michigan State flags in my backyard my whole life. And so I wanted to go back home and, and be around family in my community and uh, get there in a quarterback battle with a guy named Kirk Cousins, who uh, another great uh, NFL talent. Um, we go into a deep uh, competition. I dislocate my elbow against Illinois, um, and that really stalled that competition. He kind of uh, takes over and does great. Um, and they need help a wide receiver. And so I transitioned into that position because first and foremost, I'm an athlete. And that's how I always envisioned myself. I'm an athlete first, a quarterback second, and I want to win. And that's all I want to do. Um, so wide receiver was going to help the team. I want to win. And that, that's what we went on doing. It wasn't just me. A lot of great players, a lot of great victories. That one you just mentioned with Wisconsin was one, a big one for us. Uh, but, you know, those, those transitions were, were hard decisions at the time. But, you know, it's, it's like anything else in life. When you get to a fork in the road, you know, the, what appears to be an easier path and a more difficult path. And oftentimes the more difficult path is the one that ends up being the better one, the more fruitful one, and uh, helps you grow as a person the most. And that, those, are the, those are the forks in the road that I took, the more difficult path. And um, I'm thankful for my mentors to walk me through those those moments, uh, because it helps shape the type of person that I am today, the, the that I am, the business person I am, the athlete that I was, and so um, I'm very thankful for all those transitions. Yeah, and and um, and, and again, I appreciate just the level of authenticity and, and transparency that you share in 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 the many interviews that you've done. I've listened to a few of them. You know, 
share maybe one other lesson and just kind of leadership, but you know, whether it's relevant to business life or both as most are, you share another one that you really took away from your time at Michigan State. Uh, you played uh, during a great era, you know, Coach D'Antonio. I mean, you know, how many unbelievable things can be said about that man? Uh, what's another one that's really uh, been a significant impact or influence on your life today? Again, in business, in life in general, as a father and a husband? Yeah, uh, it's a great question. Coach D'Antonio, my other coaches, my father even, they were big discipline guys. Um, not reprimand, but just discipline, accountability. That's what matters in life. Uh, loyalty, trust, those things matter. So I was taught that discipline is the biggest form of self-love, you know, at Michigan State. And what I mean by that is, um, if you're willing to be disciplined, you're willing to get up early, do the hard stuff. Nothing shows that you want better for yourself more than, than pushing yourself through those adverse moments or, or persevering through difficult times. And so discipline being the greatest form of self-love was something that, you know, I was taught early, uh, at Michigan state and, and I still carry with me today. And then I think, you know, those, Adverse moments that I ran into with great competition. Um, what it taught me is, you know, you know, life is is hard, and you can be the hardest working and the most talented person on the planet, and that gives you a great chance to be very successful. But it doesn't guarantee anything, and life doesn't owe you anything. Nobody owes you anything, and so while it sets you up and tees you up. Uh, to give you the best chance of success, it also doesn't guarantee it. And that was um, a reality check for me because I was taught growing up, like any kid, work hard, talented, whatever it might be, you're going to be successful. Well, in those moments, I had my ups and downs and levels of success. Uh, but maybe everybody was right because, you know, what it does is it teaches you a lot of things, how you be successful in business on the back end or whatever it is. So it all comes to fruition in the end, but it doesn't guarantee things in the moment every single time. Like you think, yeah, and 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 I and I appreciate uh, that perspective on it. I mean, I a hundred percent agree, and 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 simply think, you know, the 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 discipline, the repetitions, you know, the hard work simply gives us better odds uh, when those moments present themselves. Right? They just give us slightly more favorable uh, 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 positions and advantages, hopefully, in those moments of adversity. And, uh, and and you've had a number of those. You transitioned into one of the most difficult careers on planet Earth, uh, right? Yeah. I often talk about how, I mean, what, what other profession could we find that's more full of rejection from the yeah. people that love and care about us the most? Uh, than what we do for a living and for a calling today, but it's one of the most noble professions. Talk to me about talk to me about just how you've made those difficult uh, decisions of just transitions from college. I think you went into you know medical device industry. Then from there you went into into financial services. Now you're married. You have two beautiful young children. A lot of transitions, a lot of successes along the way. Who, who's in your life that helps you make those decisions? And is there a process you go through when you're making difficult decisions, meaningful decisions in your life? Yeah, uh, it's a 
all those are all great questions and a load and a couple loaded questions. So if I don't answer one, feel free to ask it again. I'm not avoiding them. Uh, and I'll start with maybe the last one, which is, you know, what's my process and making difficult decisions. Um, one, I am never one to make a rash, quick decision on anything of substantial, you know, really substance, I guess, without at least taking eight hours, 12 hours. I generally like to sleep on it, right? The old cliche that way. Yeah. Um, I Now I have a great supportive wife who is very smart in her own right. And I can bounce a lot of ideas on her and I value her opinion. I genuinely do. Um, but, you know, the greatest thing that I think anybody can do leading up to adverse situations is surrounding yourself with tremendous people, successful people. And by successful, I don't necessarily mean financially successful. Are they good fathers? Are they good husbands? Um, are they, uh, people love them in the community have they had success in business in the sense that they've always done the right thing they've always done the right by people and so i've tried to i've intentionally done that and so my process has always been to go to those people and bounce those ideas and take advice from them or at least hear their feedback take that information and make the best decision for myself um i didn't have a lot of those business relationships right uh, growing up but so those people were you know, my, my parents, um, I yeah. have great parents, grounded parents, people, my parents been together for, you know, 38 years. Uh, so, uh, those are people I look to up tremendously. You know, my coaches, my hometown, uh, you know, leaders, and now a lot of the people I lean on are some of my greatest clients and are great mentors to me in a lot of ways. You know, I, 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 I love the fact that I, I do hear you consistently recognize your parents um, you know, so much of who we are as an adult is a reflection of our childhood, you know, yeah. good and bad, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. celebrations or traumas, but, um, you know, th th there's probably so much about leadership and servant leadership that came out of your childhood home. And then you carried that through into your collegiate playing years at one of the highest levels that exists on the planet. And then you've now taken that into your professional career in which you've been wildly successful. I mean, ridiculously successful. And congratulations on that. I, I often think about the fact that there are a few people in someone's life that really are just a big driving force and part of what makes the difference. I see that in Mel Tucker today at MSU. Let's pivot back to this weekend. Gosh, yeah. I can't believe the intensity and excitement that's surrounding this weekend with both teams coming in seven and zero. Talk to me about you. You you know Coach Tucker. You've met him many times. You've been around him. Um, I know there's a relationship there. Talk to us about the impact that someone like Mel Tucker has on a program like Michigan State football today. Yeah, well, he's uh, deservingly driving a tremendous amount of excitement. And he is doing an incredible job of adapting to the new era of recruit, to the new era of athlete, to the new era of collegiate athletics. Um, he has fully embraced the world that we live in um, as it relates to uh, college football uh, mm -hmm. and the kids that he's coaching. And that is, you know, in a lot of ways, he's a guy you can look up to and say, you know what, that guy is adapted, right? It's adapt or die. 
uh, in anything that we do in finance, yeah, business, that's right. coaching. <laughs> and he has done that. Um, so I admire how he's going about things. And again, he's been with us for just over a year and a half. Uh, he's got really, you know, if you count 2020 for whatever that was, but he's seven games into 2021. And um, he's figuring some things out. And I think he's also, he's coached for Saban. He's been under tremendous uh, coaching regimes. He's taken his version of what he interpreted there, brought it here, but also enhanced it into a new generation. And um, listen, he's young. He's got a ton of uh, energy too. And he's in the recruiting trail. He knows exactly what he wants. He's very driven and focused on implementing what he seeks as the ideal football team. And he will not deviate from that, which I really love, right? As a business person, don't get, don't get scattered, stay on the rails. And he's doing that. Um, I admire, I admire the hell out of him. What are you thinking as you, as you start looking at the game for this weekend? I, I, I mentioned to you, I was going to ask you for some sort of prediction. I'm not going to try to have you guess the score, but what do you think we can expect in terms of a game on Saturday? Yeah. So the old cliche is like throw any predictions out the door. It's all emotion. (laughs) Yeah. Everything you want in college football, right? Two schools that are you know within 45 minutes of each other or whatever it might be. There's a tremendous amount of heated rivalry uh, on the line of hatred. Right? I don't necessarily love, but there's a lot of a lot of love lost there. So, um, you know, I see two very evenly matched football teams. If you're really to score it and break it down, I think, and this could be my Michigan State Kool-Aid drinking right now. We got the home field advantage. We have a coaching and a scheme that uh, there's not a lot of film on them, so it's hard to prepare for them. They're unpredictable uh, in some ways, which is good. Um, they coach each game. They don't assist, they're not a system team, right, where they're going to line up like Iowa and do the same thing for four quarters. They're going to prepare for each team differently. But if I were to score the teams – you'd see a lot of similarities in the trenches, right? The front seven on both ends. I think where we're different and where Michigan State might have the slight edge is going to be our receivers against their corners. I think we have more explosiveness. That could be the difference. Um, The regulator on that is a tremendous front seven, which Michigan does have, by the way. Yes. First, you know, top five pick. And Aiden Hudson, he can be a regulator there, but – you know, Michigan State can also score in a hurry, uh, too. So it's going to be a dogfight. Field position is going to be everything. Watch how punts kind of shake out, right? I think special teams is going to be the difference. If you want a prediction, I think Michigan State uh, wins under a touchdown probably by, I think, six points. Um, I think it's going to be something like 27 to 21, something. You know, Michigan will probably be driving at the end to score a touchdown, too, and everybody's going to be on their toes. I, I love what, what a financial and mathematical guy you are. I told you I wasn't going to put you on the spot. You literally called the spread in the exact score without trying to. <laughs> uh, I love it. So, look, I, I knew we were short on time and uh, super thankful that we were even able to do this together on the week of the big game. Uh, I know how busy you are, so thanks for squeezing at the podium in. Let me ask you one last question. 
So whether it's with Avon Atlas at home uh, or folks at the firm or old buddies of mine from college, we often sit and philosophize about what it looks like to be a great teammate. Yeah. You have a ton of experience in that, both uh, playing at one of the highest levels and in business today. And I know you're going to pass that down uh, to Sam and Gianna Rose. Talk to me about the way if you were going to give the pep talk for the team this weekend, and one of the bullets was speaking on what it looks like to be a great teammate in the moment. How would you describe that? Ooh, that's putting me on the spot. That's putting uh, that's putting some chills up my spine a little bit. We'll edit it if we have to. But, uh, you know, it's interesting. Football, and I've heard this analogy before, and athletically, it is probably the closest thing to going to war that you're going to find, I think. And you are literally lining up with your brothers that you've trained with, smack pads with, blood with, probably cried with in some capacity at some point from different parts of the country and you come together for a common good and a common goal. And what's interesting about football, not, you know, in general, not one player can just take over the game. You can't LeBron right. James football. Yeah. You know, right. Um, it takes 11 guys on each side of the field, 22 guys, special teams, every scout player. And it's about complete selflessness. It's, it's really simple in a lot of ways. If you put everybody else first and you put the guy next to you first and you're willing to lay your body down and you're willing to hurt yourself more than the next guy or lay it down more than your opposition, you're likely going to win that game. Right? In an emotional game like this. Right, because you're throwing all the schemes out the door. It's just about who wants it more. So, laying yourself down, being completely selfless, know your job and execute that job, and sacrifice your body for the next guy, and you'll come out on top. That would be my feedback. I love it. Great way to wrap up. You heard it from Keith, uh, Spartan for Life, number seven. Uh, probably one of the most insane moments in college sports on October 22nd of 2011, three seconds left. That pass was special. It is worth the hundred thousand views it's had. And uh, so Keith called it 27, 21 <laughs> Michigan yeah. state Spartans. No surprise. Keith nickel, one of the top wealth advisors in the country, serving business leaders, entertainers, and professional athletes. It's a privilege to call you a friend, and it was awesome to be together. Send my love to your family. Thanks, Mutual. Thanks, Manny. Appreciate you guys. Thank Go you, green. Keith. Go white.